Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the best funding for your business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and today I'm joined with Scott Emmerich, the Director of Loan Originations for American Life Financial. He's here for the second part of our two-part series on commercial mortgage brokers. And today he will be sharing with us some of what you can expect as a borrower from a top quality mortgage broker. And, you know, you mentioned how it's a challenge in our industry to have mortgage brokers pose as lenders, as direct lenders, when they're really not the direct lender and they're accepting fees up front, implying that they can do things. And then uh, if it doesn't work out because they're not really in control of funding that loan Mm -hmm. and making the underwriting decisions. And that is unfortunate that particularly one of the challenges is a lot of times it's very time sensitive, Mm -hmm. right? So you don't have the luxury of going down the road weeks, if not months, with a lender only to find out that they changed the requirements at the end of the day, that it wasn't as represented, and you're back to square one. Mm -hmm. That can be very, very costly. Right. Extremely. So, so you just can't overemphasize the value of making sure that you're working with a lender who is a truly a lender, been around a long time, and does what they say, that they have a good reputation of, of integrity and, and, um, and that that may well even be more important mm-hmm. than terms, right? That the, an interest rate may be a little higher or fees higher um, or lower somewhere else, but all in all, the certainty of execution probably is, is one of the most paramount things, right? Absolutely, absolutely, because, you know, a, especially in small balance commercial lending, you know, a half a percent on difference in the rate on a monthly basis doesn't add an enormous amount of expense to a typical business, you know, that has you know, overhead and salaries and other things to worry about as well. That, that that isn't going to make the difference where it's not like shopping for a home mortgage where you're looking at, well, if we keep this house 30 years, over all those years, this, this difference in interest rate really adds up. You know, commercial lending that, whether it's bridge lending up to three years or term lending, you know, five, seven year terms, it's not as the rate shouldn't be your only choice. It shouldn't be the only thing driving your choice. You do want a good lender partner. Right. And so speaking of good partners, we've talked a lot about vetting the lender because ultimately that's who you're counting on to provide the financing that you need. But the commercial mortgage broker is obviously a key mm-hmm. partner as well. So what are some ways that the business owner, our audience, can successfully find commercial mortgage brokers and how do they vet those, the broker out to make sure that they're getting the, the most qualified possible or at least sufficiently experienced broker? Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend starting with you know your your commercial banker, your accountant. If you're under contract with the, a broker to buy a property, talking to them. If they know anyone, 
because the more aggressive mortgage brokers are out there networking because that's the most direct way to build your business as a broker. So they're making themselves known. And then, you know, you just go about, LinkedIn is a great resource too. You can look on LinkedIn. You can search under commercial mortgage broker in your area. And if you are, if you happen to be active on LinkedIn, you might see that you have some mutual connections and that you can ask those three or four people, hey, do you know this person? I need a commercial loan and I see that you know them also. You know, can you tell me anything about them? That's a great way if maybe you don't have any resources that, that know anyone, your banker doesn't know anyone, is I would recommend LinkedIn as a way. And then once you actually meet the broker, or, you know, virtually meet these days, you know, make sure that they have a website. Are they emailing you from a Gmail or a, you know, branded domain that matches their company? I mean, there are some good brokers out there who do use free email and they're, they tend to be a little older and they're more stuck in their ways. But for me, for the attention to detail and professionalism, when I got back into being a broker, the very first thing I did was get an email that matched my website. And also, do they have a fee agreement? Are they upfront about how they charge? I always ended all of my broker calls with, this is how I work. This is what I charge. This is how I get paid. And explain the whole process. And then I followed up with uh, a fee agreement that spelled everything out, how long it was good for, what I was charging, how I get paid, when I get paid, um, et cetera, et cetera. If you had a checklist of professional things, you're having a website, using an email that matches it, do they have a fee agreement? Are they visible on LinkedIn and other professional platforms? All of those things, the more you can tick off, the better chance you have of finding a quality broker. It's a very difficult business. A lot of people kind of come and go in it because it is, it is not an easy business and you can, you can spend weeks or months on something that ultimately doesn't work. So you want a broker who really understands how do you most effectively navigate the business. And if they've been around a long time, chances are they're, they're good at it. Mm -hmm. And I can see, I know that sometimes the borrower, the business owner is kind of taken aback when they look at the fee that the broker is going to charge mm -hmm. as a percentage of their loan. If their loan is a million, multi-million dollar loan, for example, and the broker's charging two or more points sometimes on that, mm -hmm. yeah, they're earning twenty, forty thousand dollars or more. Mm -hmm. And they can say that's unconscionable to to right. to charge that that kind of right. thing. But but it is important to recognize that like like most commission based businesses or, or careers, there's a lot of work that goes in behind all the deals that don't close for whatever reason, mm -hmm. right? Before, mm -hmm. until the one that does. And so, yeah. Any, any and it, well, it's sort of like paying that plumber who comes and shows up or, or your heating and air conditioning guy and they fix the problem in five minutes. You didn't pay $300 for their five minutes. You paid for their 20 years that they've put in to diagnose and fix the problem in five minutes. So it's a similar thing with the mortgage brokers. It, it is a speculative business. There are, unfortunately, not every loan closes. But it's also a professional service. You know, if, if you hired an attorney to draft a will or to do any number of professional things for, for a business, they're probably not gonna charge you 
eighty dollars. They're going to charge you a lot, <laughs> and you know, attorneys on multi-million-dollar loan closings, you know, can charge hefty fees as well because you're getting the assurance that, and the same thing with the, the title company, everyone involved is being paid as a professional, but it's a unique thing where you don't get paid up front, and if you don't deliver, or the borrower, you could, you could do a great job for the borrower and they decide to do something else or just wait, and you've invested weeks or months into something, so it is reflective of, of the risk that they're taking on as well mm -hmm. and working sometimes almost full-time to get a more challenging loan done on its own that they ultimately don't have control if the borrower doesn't decide to go with it. And looking at commercial real estate fees for realtors, where it's the broker is still earning much less than the realtor would earn on a sale or leasing a property, it's not an outrageous amount uh, as far as you know mm -hmm. most people see it. Right, good points, excellent. So. I know some brokers have exclusive fee agreements and some mm -hmm. brokers don't. Talk about that. When when is that appropriate? What should a borrower expect? Mm -hmm. I always operated with an exclusive fee agreement and part of that was out of respect for the lenders because nothing is going to get your loan taken less seriously and put to the bottom of the priority is to get it twice in the same week from two different brokers. <laughs> And while it might seem like a good idea to hire a bunch of brokers, you, you can't do it any other fashion. If you're getting divorced, you don't hire three divorce attorneys. If you're doing your taxes, you don't hire three CPAs. <laughs> you know? If you're buying a property, you don't have two or three realtors trying to find you a property. So it's very common, and it is the mark of a, a broker that, that takes their job seriously, that as hard as the job is, Having an exclusive agreement does get your loan to be seen more seriously from the lender side, because that is something that that now that I'm on the lender side, my my suspicions were you know proven true, is they do wonder the loan committee, the underwriters will wonder well, who else is seeing this? Are there other brokers working on this? And nothing is more disheartening for a broker who thinks they're working on something exclusively to submit it to a lender and they say, oh, we just saw this two days ago. And that is that is a way to demotivate a broker. <laughs> and probably, it, I'd say ultimately it works against you, whether with you know getting lenders to take it seriously or getting brokers to really invest. Because if I were to take on in, in that back in those days, a client on a non-exclusive basis, they would be my lowest priority because they would represent the most risk of, of it actually closing or mm. not closing. Right, so the, the least certainty. So what are the terms that a borrower should expect in an exclusive agreement? You know, typically they'll have a, a lockup period that you're exclusive for, and then what I used, for instance, is I would give, say, 30 days to have you know, term sheets or 15 days to have term sheets from at least one lender. And if that didn't occur, then they would be free to talk to another broker because at that point it might just be something that you know, if, if you can't get anyone interested in a month, there's it might not be a loan where there's an audience for it or it's a very specific audience that that broker might not know. For instance, if you need a lender that doesn't want your tax returns or P&Ls, they only care about the property, 
um, you want a broker who has those relationships. So an exclusivity to, to get terms is the most reasonable. Uh, just a flat exclusivity for say three to six months without the broker having to meet any milestones would probably not be a great idea. You'd wanna push back for some milestones that, yeah. I don't think many brokers would just sit on something and not do anything, but you wanna make sure that, that your interests are aligned and mm -hmm. you know, moving it quickly. Good, yeah, that's, that's a great point that I bet most borrowers don't expect that, hey, that, those terms may be negotiable, mm -hmm. right? The, the terms of that agreement, your situation may be different than other situations. So, so looking at, at uh, what the standard agreement is mm -hmm. and does that make sense for your situation? If, if you've got an urgent need for closing, you may not be able to give the broker what, th what they normally would ask for right. as far as period of time exactly. to perform. Yeah, and, and I would expect that it comes down to communicating, mm -hmm. right? You, you communicate why it is that you're pushing back perhaps on some of their standard terms. Right. And if it's a good broker, they <laughs> that's... Yeah, there, you know, it's a, it's a business built around negotiating and relationships. And so if everyone's interests are aligned, that's usually the best way to go. That if, if the broker and the borrower are on the same page, you know, there's there's nothing worse than a borrower who isn't forthcoming about certain issues that they neglect to tell you. Oh, you know, our loan's maturing in three weeks. <laughs> if because they're assuming, oh well, I've heard most loans can close in 30 days, and they'll probably extend it if they know it's closing and leave things unsaid. Uh, and so, if there's pushback about something but without elaborating on why they don't like this or why they need this, you know, that can be an issue. So communication is really key. And most brokers, they want to get the deal done. And if they believe that they can get your loan funded, they're going to work with you on something that, that you know, keeps everyone's interests aligned and protects everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point you bring up. And maybe if you can clarify, expand on that a little bit as far as what a borrower or business owner should be expecting to disclose to the broker to what what's that upfront information that's really going to help either be prepared or or to help um, know the broker know you have a deal here or not this mm -hmm. or, or how realistic is it going to be sure so any um, skeletons in the closet type things that that have cr caused issues in the past might be like perhaps if you have a, a a business that does a lot of heavy industrial things and you've had environmental issues, disclosing that right away is gonna be very important because our lenders have different comfort levels with, with certain property usages in the currently or in the past. And it, it might be an issue that needs to be addressed early on in the process because you might have a property that you wouldn't guess that there's been an issue and you, you have had issues in the past. So disclosure is really key. You want to be very open with the broker. If you've had credit issues or financial issues with the business, especially with COVID, you want to be really upfront with that. If you've got a bank that you have a bank loan and they're not renewing the loan, if you have insight into why they're not renewing your loan, you want to share that with the broker. The more information you can give the broker, 
the more they can custom tailor their outreach and their communications with lenders. You know, for instance, you might be a foreign national. You you might have been here. You're 45. You've been here since you're two, but you still have a green card. And not every lender will lend on that. We will, but not every lender will. So that sort of thing where you don't even think about it on a daily basis. That's something that the broker should know. You know, if you have a partnership buyout, which is something we see frequently, understanding is this a happy partnership buyout or is this an acrimonious partnership buyout is very important to know as well. So the more you share and the more open you are with the broker, you know, they've seen it all. They're not gonna judge you for credit issues or having a bad year in the business or any myriad of issues that could come up. They're, they're not interested in judging you or looking at you harshly or celebrating great things. They just want to know <laughs> how to best a package and place your loan. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent suggestions. Good. So in wrapping up, our, our focus was how the business owner can get the most from a commercial mortgage broker. So is there any, anything we haven't discussed or Anything you want to sum up and how they can make sure that they're getting the greatest value from that service? I mean, I would say look for the little things and, it, and it's the same thing as interpersonal relationships because that's ultimately what it is. It, like if you had a friend, is this someone who you, you, you call or send a text message to and they respond within five minutes or they respond three days later? You want someone who is responsive, who is available. Most brokers operate on about an 18 hour day with email on your phone now that most of them aren't on a strict you know, nine to five schedule and they, will, they want to do what needs to be done. So the more responsive the broker is, the better. The more open the communication is, uh, the better. And then, yeah, it's, just, it's really just about using the same skills you used to navigate the world with dealing with people. Is this a difficult person who's already, we ha I haven't even signed a term agreement, or I haven't signed a, a fee agreement, and they're already being difficult with me and very pushy, or is this someone who's, you know, you have a good feeling about, at a certain level, you just have to trust your, your instincts and your gut mm -hmm. um, once you've looked at all the other things that, because you're, you're possibly going to be dealing with this person a lot a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails. So you want someone who you can work with well because they've, they've got a very important job and you want someone that can you know, mesh well with you. And really you're providing this person a lot of very personal information. That's true, that that's true. You, you need that high level of trust. Yes. And from a broker's perspective, I and mean, frankly speaking, you're, you, you do get desensitized to it. So while it might be a big deal for you to share a personal financial statement with a broker, they've seen it all. They've seen terrible ones. They've seen ones with $30 million in the bank. I mean, maybe not everyone, but they have seen a lot and they're, not, they're really not interested in your personal details beyond how you appear uh, as, a, as a borrower to a lender. And that's really their only concern. So don't get too hung up on, oh, I have to share this information that I'm not used to it. 
you know, it, it's like going to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, they're desensitized. They're just they're lo they just look at numbers. You know, they've removed the person behind the numbers and any kind of feelings or judgments about them. <laughs> that is a great comparison. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Scott, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time and experience and sharing your expertise with our Funding Quest uh, audience. Thank you, Byron. <laughs> thank you. Scott Emmerich gave an extensive look into the world of commercial mortgage brokers and what you as a borrower should expect. My biggest takeaway from this conversation is the importance of being transparent with your broker. Last week we mentioned the importance of the broker being upfront with you, but as Scott shared, this is not a one-way street. Both the borrower and the broker should share all applicable information to ensure the most efficient and successful loan process. Thank you for joining us on our funding quest. We'll see you next time.